What's up, everybody? This is the Booch, and this shout-out goes to all of the members of the Booch Cast Nation. On behalf of the entire team and all of my affiliates, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you guys so much from the bottom of our hearts for your continued support of the Boochcast. Whether it's wrestling recaps, interviews, politics, variety shows, movie reviews, whatever episodes we come out with, you guys listen, you guys tune in, and you show your support. And it means the world to us. And we're going to commence with this latest episode in just a moment. But I want to take this opportunity right now to let you guys know something really huge that is going on in the world of the booch. I am now officially on Cameo. That's right. The Cameo. The same Cameo where celebrities go and give personal shout-out videos for all their fans. And I'm here to let you guys know that for the affordable price of just $25 you can get a personalized video from me on cameo and it can be for any occasion that you want you got somebody you want me to wish a happy birthday I'll make it happen you want me to congratulate someone on graduating high school or college I'll make it happen whether it's a happy holidays video it can be a gender reveal it can be somebody who needs some motivation you want the boots to motivate you or if you got somebody in your life that you want to break up with I'll help make the breakup happen or if you got somebody in your life that you want to tell to fuck off and you want it done booch style all you got to do is go to cameo.com slash booch 365 there'll be a link in the description box of every episode of the booch cast from now till the end of time go there book your video customize it however you want let me know how you want it done and i will make it happen for you so go to cameo.com slash booch365 right now and book your personalized video today for the affordable price of $25. And now, on with the show.
What's up everybody, this is Vinny Bucci, AKA The Booch, and welcome to The Last Dance Part 3. We are now getting into the recap of AEW Full Gear 2020. Once again, joining me here on The Boochcast, talented singer, songwriter, and works during the days of Groundsman, great friend of mine, great mind for wrestling, always a pleasure to have him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back the one and only Mr. Desmond Dagenhart. Hey fuckers. <laughs> yes. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Full Gear, this was one hell of a pay-per-view. Uh, after we went through some shenanigans, we finally were able to see the pay-per-view. Uh, we had an incident with a fire stick and me forgetting the time of the pay-per-view. I apologize for that. Um, like I said, I was I was so used to the, I'm so used to the WWE pay-per-views. I keep forgetting that AEW does theirs at eight instead of seven. So I had here we are sitting here thinking we're missing like 30 minutes of the pay-per-view, and it's like they haven't even gotten to the first match of the buy-in. <laughs> So, I do apologize for that. Of course, um, now, we did see the buy-in match, if I'm not mistaken, which was, uh, the NWA Women's World Championship match. Should we yes, talk about yes. that? Should we talk about that? It was a match. Yes. Serena Deeb versus Allison Kay. Um, th- it was, it, it, yeah, it was a match. It was there. It didn't have a whole lot of thrill, frills. I felt like it was, like, a lot of ground game and not yeah. enough, really, grappling. Well, the uh, main thing here, it was over, it was completely overshadowed by, uh, Thunder Rosa coming out afterwards and basically... Basically staking claim to I want a rematch for my fucking title. Yeah, and of course Allison K. Uh, for those of you that may not know, she was Sienna in TNA. Uh, she had an impressive uh, title run there. Um, so, and this is another working partnership between NWA and AEW because NWA right now, uh, because of the fact that they film everything in the Georgia Broadcast Studio, public broadcasting studio, and uh, because it's a very close knit place, they are not able to run shows this current time. They've done pay per views in bigger venues, but they can't really do their TV. So, there was a deal made between Billy Corgan, the current owner of NWA, and Tony Khan to kind of let NWA talent come on. That's why we've seen so many of them lately. Basically, it's their way of saying, look, our guys need to work, man. Yeah. <laughs> our guys need to work. They're we have a w- platform because a lot of people are leaving because we're not able to put them on TV. And Tony Khan said, sure, you, we'll let you come on over here. So, they're kind of giving this open space because right now, AEW is the only platform that will work with other promotions that way. I mean, well, the only big one. Yeah. I mean, Triple H I mean, with NXT has worked so- stuff with other local, like, small indie shows. But as far as big companies, they don't really touch that. Yeah, so. see, NXT will hold a tournament or something like that where they'll bring in people from other ta- from other things. It's like, they'll do the big women's tournament. Yeah. Uh, so, just little stuff like that. And then, like, oh, yeah, if we like you, we might give you a contract. <laughs> something like that. But, yeah, so it was a decent match. Uh, I talked to Gator before the show, and he told me that's traditionally how, basically, the way they fought was the way most NWA women's matches tend to take place. He says, once you watch enough of them, you get used to it because NWA is extremely old school. And on that note, we'll kick things off with our first official match of the evening, the finals of the World Title Eliminator Tournament, the cleaner Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. These two put on a pretty damn good match. Um, It wasn't exactly what I was expecting, but you definitely saw the chemistry between these two men. Yeah. They were countering moves uh, that you weren't expecting. Uh, They Kenny Omega the, perfectly timed the dodge for the buckshot lariat. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, like, where they a telegraphed move where he got through it. No. He waited to the last second duck out. It was a quick dodge. It was beautiful. Um, it's like everything they did felt like it was done perfectly because of how well these two know each other. Yeah. Do you feel this match lived up to the hype? Because a lot of people are saying that it was underwhelming. Uh, I, it wasn't as exciting as a lot of matches on the card. Yeah. But it was a great opening match for the paper. I like it because of the fact that these guys worked this match. You saw maybe a, a high spot or two. There was it wasn't it wasn't over the top. 
off. There wasn't 15 year falls. You know, even though Kenny Omega's kind of going back to being the cleaner, he's doing it in a way that makes sense as opposed to doing what he did in New Japan, which was the strong style, no sell, uh, hit your finisher 700 times. You know, it, in all fairness, he never hit his finisher 700 times. He hit that fucking one winged angel. It was over. Oh, I know. In this match, yes. I'm talking about in the past. No, in the past, even in, even in New Japan, he's only ever had one person kick out of the one winged angel ever. One person? One person ever has kicked out of the one winged angel. Okay, so that all right. I, he has protected that move. Yeah, well, I'm saying that there's other moves that he's used where he's hit a guy 700 yeah, times. Yeah, they weren't really finishers. They were just moves. Yeah, I mean, well, the V trigger's kind of been a finisher for him too. Uh, he, it's more of a signature. He has yeah. finished matches with it, but it's not the one that you hit. It always oh, definitely finish it. Yeah, I'm just saying. In general, I enjoyed this match. Oh yeah, it was. I, it, it, was, was good... it was. It was. It was done the way it should be. Um, really, the only part that I would say that annoyed me was I felt at the end there was nothing. Like they kind of just like the match was over and that was it. Like you're waiting for okay, where's the cleaner? Where's the cleaner? We're waiting for the cleaner. We're waiting for the because you know we're waiting for the heel turn you've all been building up to, and it was a bust at the end of that match. Yeah, I mean the the finish was beautiful because it looked like uh, Adam Page was trying to get out of the one winged angel, and Kenny Omega was just able to get him into it. Yeah. Uh, it was, so the match itself ended beautifully, but there was nothing. It was just two guys in a in a match, and then it was it was over. Uh, I definitely agree with you there. One of them should have attacked the other. Whether Adam Page attacked Kenny out of frustration or Kenny uh, or Kenny said, you know what? No, I was like, oh yeah, let me help you out, brother. You were good, and then said, fuck you, and he beat the fuck out of him. Yeah, I was waiting something. for it. We were waiting for something because that's what you guys. That's what they were building to. So that you know was the did just something, and it was just uh, just it was it was un, it was an underwhelming ending, not match, but ending. I'll say the ending was underwhelming, but the match itself was great. They they put on a match that was worth watching and was great to open the show. And on that note, we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening. Dear God, help us all. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. This match shouldn't have never taken place. <laughs> and, and, and look, and this is coming from an Orange Cassidy fan. <laughs> You don't put a random throw-together match on a fucking pay-per-view. Or if you do, you make it the buy-in. I mean... That's a pre-show match. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's not... That's not something you pay to see. And you got what you expect out of it. I mean, it was a lot of Orange Cassidy just being a dick and putting his hands in his pockets, which I normally don't have a problem with, but it just felt like this particular match... As I said, this one should not have been, to me, it should not have been on a pay-per-view. Yeah. I mean, I'll be... And if it's any indication, we spent more time wrestling Dax than actually watching this thing. And we and we caught glimpses of it and didn't miss much. We yeah. could wrestle Dax and not miss any of this. Yeah, it, this was not a match that was exciting in any way. And like I said, that's coming from somebody who is an actual Orange Cassidy fan. Yeah, and I'm, I'm saying, like, the only part that I even thought was remotely interesting was when he was going to put his hands in his pocket and John Silver was like, no, no, no. And that's only because I've seen both their gimmicks long enough to where that's believable, but that's about it. It was, this was a comedy match and it didn't it, it belonged on the pre-show not on the main card and if anything I would have used it as a cool down match after something epic if you were going to put it on the card I would have made it I would have made the transition match between and I'm not trying to jump ahead here I'm just going to say I would have made the transition match between uh, Jericho and MJF and the I Quit match just throw that in there to kind of calm the crowd down to get to the next one it's a cool down match it's right. not a it's either a buy-in or a cool down this is not this is not second on the card and yeah. 
yeah. did not deserve the time that it got. Absolutely not. And on that note, we'll move on to the next match of the evening for the TNT Championship. Cody Rhodes defends the title against Darby Allen. Can I just say, holy fuck, man. <laughs> this match was a work of art. I absolutely loved this match. From Cody being allowed to be called Cody Rhodes, actually having his full name on uh, on the pay-per-view. And then, we've got to talk about it, the crossroads from the top rope. Jesus. We both jumped up for that. I thought it was over. You thought it was over. Darby, I thought it should have been over. <laughs> the ref thought it was over. Cody thought it was over. Darby's arm was just under the rope. <laughs> I still say Darby should have grabbed it. I agree, but I think him not grabbing it sold the move better. Okay. I can, I can agree with that. I can see that point. Like, that was too big of a move for him to have a lot of energy. I was like, how do you not end the match with that? It was amazing. It was epic. And what I loved about this was Darby Allen showed okay. Again, it's another moment where I see a guy who's known for being an out-of-control spot monkey who's at, who's just it's spot, spot, spots, and that's all he does. He's, the, he's a, one of those flippy guys I can't stand showing me there's more to him than what I've seen. Now, you say flippy. I don't see him him flipping like ever the one big flying move he has is a coffin drop yeah he literally just falls backwards he other than that he does some he does outside outside dive you know, suicide dives and he doesn't really flip well that's well yeah okay maybe he doesn't necessarily flip but still he, he's not ricochet he's not ricochet <laughs> thank god he's not ricochet <laughs> but i'm saying like but the, the whole thing is is that it showed okay darby can work like that's what i'm liking about this pay-per-view is that a lot of the guys who normally aren't known for working are actually working and, and that's that's what I'm liking about. And I've said it before. Every time Darby and Cody get in the ring together, it's magic. Yes. And it's better and better every fucking time. That, that's the best I've seen them as far as going against each other. And if you haven't seen the pay-per-view yet, when you hear this, fucking find it online somewhere. Watch this shit. And here's the crazy part was that the finish blew us away for two reasons. One, we did not expect Darby Allen to walk out with that title. Oh, hell no. And two, we had a glitch while we were watching live. We had to stream it on different site and we see Cody going for the crossroads it freezes all of a sudden it cuts to roll up one two three and we're like wait what so we're going wait what Darby Allen won and then we're like holy shit he won we saw a pinfall so we're like wait wait what just happened and I, I did I, I, I did say early on in the match I said if Darby was ever going to beat Cody this would be the night to do it yeah and and I'm like, but that ain't happening boy was I wrong I was like Darby wait a minute I'm like Darby Allen's a TNT champion first of all why second of all what do you do with Cody after that and three why? <laughs> but Could not they did answer that second question. What are they going to do with Cody? They they had they had Team Taz come out and attack them both. It looks like we're going to have a, a kind of a team up happening here between uh, Cody Rhodes, Darby Allen against Team Taz. I can see that. But also when they they went to go they try to break his arm with the car door, Will Hobbs came out as well. So I'm like, so now if he's involved in this, then how's that going to work? You can't have a three on two situation. I mean, you can, but it only works. It works better with heels than baby faces. Let's, they let's, would need a third. Taz let's be realistic right here. Taz is still a worker. Taz is still a worker. Eh, yes and no. I mean, he has had neck problems. So he's never really getting physical. I was like, who in the fucking pro wrestling business hasn't had neck problems? Well, yes, but... <laughs> well, there's a lot, but Taz is, is not really, like, completely, you know... His didn't heal the way the other ones healed. So he's not getting physical with anybody. If he does, he does a Taz mission and that's it. He's not getting... He's not gonna actually fight and throw fists or anything like that. 
dad. He's not. He's he, he's the talker now. But so. I, I I feel like it won't take long for Taz to have somebody else on the team anyway. Oh, uh, it was like yeah, they were after Will Hobbs. That's not gonna happen now. So now they gotta find somebody new to recruit. It's gonna be a three on three situation. It would. Otherwise, be. Cody's gonna have to. Otherwise, they might slowly phase Cody out of it, and it'd be Darby Allen and Will Hobbs against them. Or maybe Will Hobbs, you know, will do his own thing separate from from there, and they'll have two separate goings with it. That's how AEW tends to do things anyway. Yeah, and it, it, and which in some cases it can work, but other times it can lead to disorganization. We'll see how we'll see where it goes from here. Absolutely, but either way, great match. Absolutely, and right. <laughs> we do have to talk about this real quick. Uh, Cody getting the rights to Rhodes back. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. It was it was Cody Rhodes, and my favorite part was Jim Ross. Like, didn't think I would hear that on on on, on this show. Um, and that's not a mistake for me. It is Cody Rhodes. <laughs> like, yeah, I love Jim Ross picking on himself right there. Yeah, I mean, he, and he does it from time to time. And the th- cool thing about it, what I loved about it was, you know, Cody has talked about that because obviously when he was called Cody Rhodes, WWE owned that name because his real name was Cody Runnels because Runnels is the real name that they all go by, you know? So Rhodes, Dusty, came up with Dusty Rhodes a long time ago because it, Rhodes was easier to say than Runnels. So they had, uh, you know, Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes and everything else. Well, Dustin had the rights to the Rhodes thing because they never really, because he never trademarked that with WWE. He was always Goldust. So he got away with that. Or Dustin Runnels, or however he called himself. But Cody, uh, that was within the WWE mainframe. So they owned that name. So he had to go by Cody for a while. And he even said it was a business thing. It wasn't a personal issue with him. It wasn't a personal issue with WWE. They weren't trying to sabotage him or anything. It's just they owned the name. The trademark came up. He had the opportunity to get it. They put up no fight. So he got it. And he said, business, it was business as usual. No animosity, no hatred. I'm not bitter towards WWE. And other than saying things like, you know, he left the Empire and beat the Empire and won, you know, you brought up an interesting point we were watching the pay-per-view. Cody's never really bad-mouthed WWE. Like, he's never had a bad thing to say about them. Uh, he's consistently said, like, I, as, like, I felt like my uh, creative differences, my creative views were different than theirs. I wanted to get out, but uh, WWE gave me my start. They helped me out. They, 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 he's always had good things to say about WWE. It was just time for him to move on. Yeah, and he knew it was. And, and he went out there and bet on himself and damn it paid off. And of course, you know, now of course there are some people that are coming in that are angry and bitter and everything else, but even some of them are like kind of pulling back when they get a second to realize. Like so, Mo- like Moxley, when he left, he was very angry at WWE. But then he admits, hey, I met my wife there. So couldn't have been that horrible of a place. Yeah, I mean, and Miro, he's like, he had one bad thing to say about it. He got his joke in, but other than that, that was it. Yeah, you know, yeah. so a lot of these guys are, you know, they just want to have the creative freedom and they get the chance to pass or fail. Some of them have passed, many have failed. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the AEW Women's Championship. Hikaru Shida defends the title against Nyla Rose. I was surprised. I truly thought Ny- Nyla was going to win this one. Uh, I know you, and you called it. You said you thought you thought uh, Hikaru was going to retain, and she did. And I, I just felt like after putting Vicky Guerrero with Nyla and the big build they had, it made sense for her to get the title. Yeah. It, and, and, you're, and here's the thing. You're not wrong in saying that. It makes perfect sense. I just had a feeling that Nyla's already had a run with the belt. They're not going to be a rush to make her a two-time champion. Well, I mean, they did say that she would be the first two-time champion in the AEW. Yeah. So that would have been a, that would have been a kind of a cool thing for them. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I get I get they're not in the rush to change that kind of that, that set up there. But it was one of those. I'm sitting here like I really truly thought. But I will say, Sheeta, the way this match ended was beautiful. Yes. The fu- first she hits her finishing move, the, yeah, that knee to the back of the head, and then she hits her again to the front. 
one. And then she, she doesn't just pin her. No, she takes it. It's knee, knee, knee. It was fucking vicious. Vicious. Because that's the thing. That's the thing about that's that's one thing I will give credit to Japanese wrestlers on. When they hit a knee, they hit a knee. You you feel it. If, if you're sitting at home. Kinshasa. Exactly. <laughs> like, kind of like that. Like and, and I also love the fact that she was like she was using the chair for like leverage stuff. And at one point, now they ripped the chair out of her hand. Now it's like give me the chair. It's like no, you're gonna use it. <laughs> it's like but you like it's like it was funny because Nyla's like you let her take a chair it's like yeah but you're gonna hit her with it she's not hitting you with the chair she's jumping off the chair it's a big difference and then sends her like crashing through the bar- through the barricade and everything and then they have to finally like you know check on her help her up and everything and all in all this was a really great match though really great now yeah. then they did something I didn't like they followed the match up and Vicky is screaming bloody murder at Nyla yeah and then slaps Nyla and Nyla just fucking takes it yeah I'm like no that, that takes away from her fucking character she's supposed to be this beast she should have fucking poor Vicky a new one uh, th- my uh, there has to be some type of explanation for why she took it though like it's something where like Vicky like is the only one that can get her a title shot is there like some type of thing going on because like for example like with Wardlow MJF is, is, is saying that Wardlow doesn't work for AEW he works for MJF he says I'm the one who signs your paychecks not Tony Khan so if you cross me your family is going to be out on the street they had a conversation about that so you know Wardlow's restraining himself from hitting MJF a couple times because he knows MJF's the reason his fa- he gets to provide for his family so he has that leverage over him yeah, that's, what's the leverage that Vicky's holding over Nyla that's a very good question if they don't if they don't give us that answer then this entire segment was for nothing exactly and I do have to say this though and um, some of y'all are gonna get butthurt over this I don't care it made both of us laugh hysterically um, while this match is happening Nyla's walking to the ring and I, and I gotta say I'm sitting on the couch Dax is sitting right next to me Desmond's right Des, Des is right behind me in the kitchen and I swear to God we didn't give Dax any prep on what was happening he knows he's five years old he knows nothing about anybody in AEW and he looks at both of us and says is this a boy about to fight a girl <laughs> and I and Des and I kind of look at each other and I look at Des he looks at me we're trying not to laugh and he just looks and he says and Des just says no <laughs> No. No, these these are two girls fight each other. And I look and I just look at Dez and I double check with Dez. I'm like, so we're going with no? He's like, we're going with no. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Okay, he's your son. <laughs> Cause I'm, I know what I was about to say, but Des was like, "We're gonna say no, okay." Well, uh, I, I'll make, I'll make, a, I'll make jokes here and there, but I do tend to respect people's chosen uh, pronoun. I, I hear you. I do too. I was like, I'll sit there. I'll, I'll, I'll make jokes, and jokes are gonna happen. I'm sorry. Wait, I, I will I'm too. I'm that person. I am too. But am too. in the end, in the end, I will respect the pronoun. Yeah, I was like, but I was sitting there, and I'm like, that, but that, that's the one time we struggled not to laugh because I'm sitting there going like I know what I want to say but I'm like I just went but I'm like okay I'm like dad it's your call where, where are we going with this he's like we're going to tell him it's two girls alright it's two girls fighting so I went with that <laughs> I'm like and again dad he doesn't know I gotta he, doesn't all understand, he, has, he doesn't understand that he doesn't understand he's five years that. old yes he's five years old he doesn't get it and he does not know Nyla Rose's history so he just happened to say that that was a five year old with no filter saying the darndest things and Des and I on the fly deciding how we're going to handle this <laughs> although I gotta say although I, although at the same time this is the same kid who just up as Elsa on his birthday which 
Again, I was like, we're going with this. We're going with this. Okay. <laughs> I'm just glad I got a heads up. Because <laughs> I would have felt bad if I showed up and was like, hey, where's the birthday boy? What the fuck? Because <laughs> I know I would have been, I, I wouldn't have hurt his, I would have accidentally hurt his feelings and I don't want to do that. But I would have just been like, wait a minute, what the hell is going on? We, so we're in agreement on this? Okay. <laughs> I got a heads up. He was like, and Des was just like, it's his birthday. It's what he wants to do. He's five years old. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I got, okay, we'll go with that. And I showed up. And I was like, okay. And I was cool with it. I did nothing. I said nothing. I was like, okay, that's what we're doing. <laughs> but it was funny as hell. The timing on that was perfect. All I could say is, thank God Steven wasn't here. <laughs> if Steven was here, oh my God, that would have been an awkward night. But anyway, um, on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. The AEW World Tag Team title match. The match years in the making from NXT to Ring of Honor to now AEW. FTR defends the titles against the Young bucks. I feel like the match lived up to its hype. You think so? I think so. I think I like the combination of styles. FDR doing their their a couple of little tiny small flying spots that they've been that they've been incorporating into these matches. You know, the very simple ones, nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, and of course the Bucks keep getting the up pace, and then the, the FDR slowing it down. You got a really good, high quality tag team match. Yeah. This now this to me falls under a category of something that I say this a lot especially on Twitter. Desmond hates it when I say it. It's it's one of our biggest debates, but I'm a, but it's this definitely falls in the category of awesome match shitty finish to me. Now, I so I will admit, I agree with everything Desmond just said. They, they blended their styles very well. I was impressed. This is another match where the Bucks impressed me and are starting to prove me wrong. Wait, the last time they did this was ironically at All Out with Jurassic Express. So I thought that was going to be an All Out spot fest, but the Bucks didn't do that. And then I come we come to full gear the dream match i'm surprised it wasn't the main event because of how how much of a hype up this match has i now granted there was an i quit match so yes that's not gonna, not gonna i quit that. match for the world title and it was a very emotional yes match. but i'm just saying true but i'm saying this is like dream matches like this i'm surprised it wasn't up a little higher on i'm surprised there were a few matches that followed this but it did live up to the hype as far as that not happy the bucks won the belts but this one time i can put that to the side and say this match was great i just know i'm not gonna be happy come dynamite because i know i'm gonna see those belts around their ways and i'm not gonna be happy not gonna be happy and it's not because they're evps it's because of their history of me not liking them but hopefully they keep going in this direction of working smarter not harder and i might change my mind but i'm on the cusp and that's that's more than i would have ever said about the bucks but that's that, that's where i'm at uh, i say i i've i've been a decent fan of the bucks since the first time i watched them i do think that they overuse the super kick no doubt about it yeah but you know there's good and bad and everything but i i i enjoy the high flying mat oh stars more than than he by a long shot yeah um so but i this was as i said this right here was a really cool match because it had a very cool technical feel to it with the good with the right amount of flying mixed in it was beautiful um and the bucks won which i feel like was expected it was about you know it was about time for the bucks to win the titles yeah um i, I guess when you think about it they they did put that off longer than people thought they would yeah so I mean, they, they let other teams hold the titles and now they're coming in saying, look, we're going to take the titles for a little bit. And now this was an interesting thing here. We watched Cody lose the championship and then we watched the Bucks win the championship. So I made a point. I was like, we have not yet seen any two parts of the elite, any two uh, ha hold titles at the same time. You know, you have the 
tag team, uh, uh, you got the tag team champions here. Cody was the uh, TNT champion, but you're not seeing any of it happening at the same time. The elite are not taking over AEW. Yeah, and then of course Kenny comes out to celebrate with them, and then apparently, uh, and I didn't catch this, but apparently the Bleacher Report did when Cody was in. I mean, when Kenny, sorry, when Kenny was in the ring celebrating with the Bucks. Did you see Adam standing on the ramp? Because I didn't see that. I missed it. I apparently Adam it. Page was standing by the ramp, who is apparently still an outsider because he got kicked out of the elite but apparently he's still considered an ally which again not making any sense here i'm very confused you can be an ally without being a teammate yes but still i'm sitting here going like okay we got omega over here we got kenny over here we'll see no one's turning what is this maybe they won't continue the rivalry maybe the rivalry is just done it's like they go their separate ways uh and he can still be an ally sometimes you know like how the rock and stone cold did at the end at the end you know what i mean well like sometimes they were sometimes they'd partner up together sometimes it was like most of the time they just went their own way true but Austin and The Rock weren't tag team champions they weren't like they they didn't have like a brotherhood that later was split up after losing those belts they were hardcore rivals that slowly built that built into respect which could build into some type of friendship that was confusing as all get up but was there like it was one of those things where they had a hardcore rivalry that slowly transcended into respect and it got to that point where they had enough respect where they could stare they could look each other in the eye cut them cut the hellacious promo know they're gonna kill each other later but try not try try keyword is try not to attack each other beforehand but emotions would get wild (laughs) so this is just one of those deals now but i mean like i said i think it's it's a matter of you have to if you follow the storyline it makes sense that that page doesn't want to be enemies he's not trying to be enemies with them he's trying to make amends for what he did so he's there on the sideline saying good job guys clapping his hands and but he's going to let them have the moment because he understands as well that he's not part of the team anymore exactly and on that note we move on to the next match of the evening the elite deletion matt hardy versus sammy Guevara. so much shit happened in this match Now, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is not the first cinematic match that Desmond has seen, but it is the first one he's seen in Matt Hardy fashion. He's never seen the final deletion. He didn't see Deleter Decay. He didn't see Apocalypto. He may have seen the ultimate deletion with him and Bray. I don't know. Yes, I saw that. You did see that one? Okay, so this is the second one he's seen. He never saw the ones in TNA, but yeah. I saw the one that was in WWE. Yes, he saw the one in WWE and the one he saw tonight. So, since this is your first time, your second time really experiencing this deletion, I'm gonna let you give your thoughts first. Man, it, like I said, there's just so much shit happened to it. This was a brutal fucking fight, too. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I, to put this in perspective, my five-year-old's sitting here watching with me, and they, of course they got the music in the background, kind of being kind of dark and eerie to begin with, and the brutality of the match, and my kid's like, I want this to be over. My kid's like, like legitimately getting scared yeah. for how brutal this match was, and normally he's not like that. He's watched wrestling with me consistently for the last couple years. So this right here, I mean, I wasn't expecting that level of brutality yeah. in this match. And I think because it was under the AEW banner, that's why it was. Uh, and I will say that I liked, this is what I liked. I liked the fact that Sammy showed up to the Hardy compound on a golf cart because it was continuity with the storylines. Because at first, during the uh, the Stampede thing, they tried to run Sammy over on a go-kart. It was Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega in a go-kart trying to run Sammy over. When they had the, the match at All Out that ended, that was a complete clusterfuck and disgraceful and, shouldn't, and spot that shouldn't 
have even been done. Surprise, Matt Hardy's not dead. Uh, that started off with Matt looking for Sammy, and Sammy's showing up in a go-kart. So the go-kart makes sense. Go golf cart, sorry, made sense. So he comes in. We see the 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 drone, Neo 1. Matt Hardy's showing up in the drone, just like before. Welcome to your demise. Welcome to the compound. Matt's showing up in a monster truck. Running it over was great. And, he, and I love he goes, now that is a squash job. And I love it because, and this happens throughout, Matt Hardy using insider terms. Because he does it in a way that doesn't disrespect the business and also makes you laugh. Like, Sammy then sneaking up with a trash can, hitting it and attacking them. Then they're going throughout the compound. They eventually make their way to the ring. The ring is, it happens in every, and it's in the same spot every time. The outside. The outside ring's in the same spot every time. And there was the, there was the Roman candles. There was the, them eventually going into some isolated area and they're dealing with deletion. And at one point, they're fighting on the grass near the Lake of Reincarnation. And at one point, Sammy's like in the mud. And he goes, and he, and he goes, get up, Sammy. People are going to think this is a mud show, which is hilarious if you know what that means. But just in case you don't, I will explain. A mud show is basically a, in, it's an indie wrestling show that is poorly put together. I mean, it looks horrible. The ring looks like shit. The curtain area, if there's even one, looks like shit. The wrestlers don't look like wrestlers. They either too skinny to be in a ring or too fat to be in a ring. They can't work for shit. And it's just one big clusterfuck of a show. The And those are mud shows. Now, outlaw means they're operating without a permit. You don't have a license to run your show. You're an outlaw show. So at, some people try to put outlaw and mud show together, and I've made that mistake before, but Gator told me the difference. Outlaw show means you're running a show without a permit, without a license. You're not authorized to run a show because you have to be a licensed promoter in order to run shows. Now, certain places require you to get a license for everything, like South Carolina. You have to get a wrestling license. You have to get an announcer license, which I still can't believe I had to do that, and a referee license or a manager license. Well, you got to get different licenses in different places, but promoters have to be licensed, period. Otherwise, you can't run shows. That's outlaw. So when he said mud show, I damn near laughed my ass off. Then, of course, the hurricane shows up, which Desmond wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Hurricane showed up in fucking tied up with none of the fucking Gangrel. Gangrel. <laughs> I hadn't seen Gangrel in years. Ah, uh, for me, it it been two years. I saw we did a show in Barnesville for UCW, and he was the main event against uh, Carlito. Now Carlito wasn't the champion yet, but uh, they had had they fought in the main event, and Carlito actually and Carlito really went. Carlito in his uh, promo against Gangrel really fucking buried him, which I was shocked. That was hilarious. Like he talked about like other than your entrance, what else did you really do? And I'm like, oh, that's a sick burn. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, their main event match was. Great. Great. Um, but yeah, so I'd seen Gangrel a couple years ago, but uh, it was still, it was still a great match. The only, the only thing, one other thing I had a big problem with with this match, the commentator should not have been there. I agree. I can agree with that. I, I, I the, well, all due respect to Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross, who I believe are the two greatest commentators of all time. I hate Excalibur, but that's a different story. Um, there should be no commentary. You don't need to talk. Just let them tell the story. That's how the cinematic match should always go. Just show the match. Let them tell the story. When it's done, go back. Use it as an opportunity for the commentator. You gotta go to the bathroom or go get a drink. Go do that. Like Taker and AJ didn't have commentators. <laughs> Cena and Bray didn't have commentators. Uh, Bray and Matt Hardy didn't have commentators. You don't need commentators for this. Y'all can take a break on this one. You know, let, I said, let this be your bathroom break because uh, Lord knows you guys need one. Especially Jim Ross's age. Oh yeah, Jim Ross. Has, <laughs> Jim Ross has admitted that he, there's times where he's pissed himself after a raw because he just he couldn't leave the table. He's pissed himself a few times over there. Uh, but it was just crazy. And then of course. 
um, you know, you have the, uh, and then of course, at the end, there's Senior Benjamin in the truck. <laughs> after they lock, they, they, after he pins Sammy, they take out the garbage can, put the garbage can in a truck. Senior Benjamin drives the truck off. Rebby Hardy's playing on the piano. This is great. The only thing you're missing is Brother Nero, but we weren't going to get that. I was As, hoping. Oh yeah, Des was hoping for Willow, but we weren't getting Willow. <laughs> But we got everything else. And of course, you know, there was the uh, the spear out of, out of the ring to the table, the chair to the face, which was, which I'm sorry, that was poetic after, you know, after Sammy kind of threw that chair at Matt, it made sense for him to crack him in the face with the chair and then hit him in the back of the head. Almost like a concerto, but there was no chair there. It was just concrete. Yeah. So it was kind of like the timing of it was great. And then Matt finally gets the pin, wins the match. They toss Sammy in the garbage can, get rid of him. And then of course, Matt's celebrating with the hurricane and and everyone else and private party and everybody else that's there and it was just it was fun and it kind of makes me wonder you think we'll ever see the hurricane in AEW again I mean I don't see why not he's a he's a decent name he's a great worker he puts on a hell of a match oh uh, so I don't see why he wouldn't I think he fit really well into AEW's ranks yes especially with the way he wrestle he wrestles now especially with what we saw when he when we when you worked the show in Cobb County when he was there like you know the hurricane's got a more of a comedy style but can make it work well so I feel like he could be perfect for AEW. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have Chris Jericho versus MJF. Match was a, wasn't as good as I expected. Really, wasn't bad per se, but I I really feel like like there was a point where Jericho had MJF sitting on the top ropes and he stood up there and he was throwing punches and these punches I'm like those are the weakest bullshit looking punches <laughs> I have ever fucking seen. Yeah, like Jericho has been in this business for thirty goddamn years. Thirty years. He should be doing better than that. He should. And that was just sloppy. And and then you know the end of the match. I guess I guess storyline wise it made sense for MJF. To win, but it wasn't a brutal. It wasn't like a, a, a true, definitive, a brutal ending. It was a, a fucking roll up. Yeah, and I just feel like there should have. It should. It should have been a more definitive win. Yeah, like with like when he put when he put on the diamond ring. Right, that should have been the knockout for the win. Or like, and then they have like the chair and Jer and uh you know MJF tries to pull an Eddie Guerrero with the chair and like drop it and then like like because he has the bat in his hand. Sorry, not a chair. And then you know and then it's like okay, looks like he's gonna hit him with the bat, but he just drops. The rep turns. Around, puts the bad down and I, I loved it because A it was vintage Eddie Guerrero and B because um while we were wrestling with Dax at one point Desmond and I were fighting each other I pick up a pillow to be like a steel chair and Desmond just drops it he does it's the floor and I'm kind of sitting there and I just went and I went no no no, no. <laughs> I put the chair down and we timed it so perfectly and then we see it on TV just unfolding and I'm just like <laughs> so it was like double the laugh for me so I got a kick out of that we just had fun with that earlier so anyway so we see um and a lot of people believe that and I want to get your take on this. According to Bleacher Report, it says booking MJF to fake out a potential DQ just to get a roll up is the type of tactic someone like Jericho would do. This shows MJF is the perfect protege as he's already pirated himself after Le Champion. What do you think? I mean, I could definitely see that uh, to an extent. It's just a matter of like I feel like this match wasn't as entertaining as I thought it was going to be as yeah. a whole. I, I, that's true. I felt like with, with the way these two guys wrestle, with the way they work, I expected more physicality than what we got. That's how I feel. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like this this match just didn't. I don't know. I guess it just didn't do it for me. Yeah, this one it, it fell a little flat, but it got to the point it needed to get to, where MJF's now part of the inner circle. Right. Which I, is where he needed to be. We'll see where the story goes. Maybe the story will make up for it, but as of right now, I am I, I'm alri- I was already about done with the rivalry. Yeah. So I guess we'll, we'll 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 see where it goes. Okay. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening for the AEW World Championship and I Quit match. John Moxley defends the title against Eddie Kingston. You know, you would think an I Quit match 
would be the most brutal match on the card. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely had some brutal spots, but I still don't feel like it was anywhere near as bad as what J- Matt Hardy did to Sammy Guevara. <laughs> I will say though, in their defense, Matt had more to work with because they weren't in, they weren't in the confines of a wrestling ring. And I, I, I could see that, but this is like the stuff that they did, the really brutal stuff that Matt did was in the ring, if you really think about it, or right beside the ring. Okay, you know, it was just chair shots and it was all it, it was brutal. Yeah, it was just the way they did it. It wasn't so much what he did, but the way he did it and made it so brutal. Oh yeah, and and yeah. I, I feel like you know there the, the, there were certain spots like I absolutely love the uh, thumbtacks on uh, the thumbtacks followed by rubbing alcohol. Yes, that to me was like it was one of those oh that's not the kind of thing that's gonna end a match, but damn it if it wouldn't make you wanna quit. Oh yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have been. Oh uh, yeah, it, it was just one of those great moments. And then of course there was the barbed wire where it's on the bat, but then he like takes it off the bar and then wraps it around his hand he's like punching him and stuff and you know it's it was just each one of them using the bulldog choke to try to try to get the other person to quit and I will say this about the match and I had this same issue with Roman and Jey Uso there needs to be a microphone I will with the say, I quit I with, don't with the Roman and Jay, I'm gonna have to disagree with you and here's why I don't know what it is but WWE their, their mics are better or something but when they record when they you hear them in that ring okay I heard Jay Uso say I quit now I could kind of sort of see Eddie Kingston say I quit but I didn't hear him I didn't hear him either I heard Jey Uso say yeah that's because they had the camera there so right. tied in on it and that's the thing is the WWE definitely has a better way set up for that yeah. than, than AEW yeah and then, so like you could barely hear these guys saying quit you had to like wa- you had to like read their lips and stuff but overall like I did think you know there was a lot of violence and brutality in there and I think maybe it was because and I think the reason we saw more violence with Matt Hardy and Sammy G is the fact that Matt Hardy and Sammy G hated each other that was hatred there was I want to end you type of thing Eddie and Moxley there was a friendship there before this got to this point like this was more of like a business thing like Eddie keeps saying I'm doing what I gotta do to hold a championship and Moxley's like you know you brought this on yourself now I gotta handle this so I feel like the reason it, it could it wasn't quite as violent because even though both of them wanted to win I don't think deep down Moxley really wanted to kill Eddie Kingston he just wanted to make a point so I feel like that's why the brutality was less in this match he just wanted him to quit he didn't want him to like kill him and I can get that it's just but once again it's just one of those things where it's the final match of the night it is the yeah. world title match yeah. it is an I quit match it should have been the most brutal match on the card yeah and I think if the elite deletion wasn't there I think it would have been oh yeah by far but, yeah I think yeah when you're going up against a cinematic match it's hard to top it brutality wise it's just it it just is no matter what it is well unless it's a firefly finals that wasn't really violent but you get my point uh, I, I, I could make that the exception to the rule but most of all you got more brutality because you got more to work so I, that's how I'm looking at it like these guys were like on pay-per-view in a ring in front of an audience there's only so much brutality they could dish out and in the end Eddie Kingston does you know finally quit and now we got so now John Moxley keeps the title which you know I, I guess I, I find it felt like Eddie could have had it but I, re- I do too but I also feel like Kenny Omega is going to take the title yeah after Mo- with Moxley winning this, I'm now convinced they're saving this for Kenny. The question is, are they going to save it for Revolution in February, or are they going to rush it and make him take it off him on TV? Yeah, it's one of those. It's like, okay, Kenny Omega is guaranteed a future title shot, but what? When does he have to? When is it going to be done by? Yeah, um, it's, it's like they did with Lance Archer, like when he earned a title shot, <laughs> and they put it right there on the AEW anniversary show. And uh, an anniversary show would be the exception, though. Yeah. I could definitely I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, but I just want to make sure: are they going to are they going to waste this? 
this on TV or are they going to put it on the pay-per-view try and sell tickets to that? Because you know, build it for three months. Yeah, build it because it, first of all, you have the ability to build it for three months and also, you know, AEW has, you know, been dominating the ratings war. In some cases, I'm shocked they went. Sometimes I'm not. But I feel like, you know, this is I understand you want to you want to go through a ratings war, but you also have to you also have to build your pay-per-views and tell and, your stories. And so. if you have a title match every week, the title match is no longer a draw. Yeah. Now the, now the TNT title is an exception because it's a TNT title. So naturally that's on TV. But the world title needs to be special. The champion should be on TV every week, but he shouldn't be defending the title all the time. Right. Yeah. You might have you you might have it like a he go in and have a match. Uh, uh, you know, call somebody out and the bro for a minute. Like you know what, we'll have a match and they might throw a, a throw together title match on there, but it won't be a fucking. It should the title should not change hands in that kind of a situation. Absolutely. You know, you can just have that for the hell of it, but it's got to be mean something like this match. If, if, if Kenny is going to take the title, it needs to be at Revolution in February. It needs to be that moment, especially since by that time Moxley will have been champion for a full year because he took it from Jericho at the previous Revolution, and then it also helps because it goes boom. It's you know Mox will be the longest reigning champion with a month because Jericho won it at All Out and then lost it at Revolution. So there that'll work there, and then also it builds to Kenny going to and then Kenny gets the title, builds to what he's doing there, and then with the TNT title, uh, whatever they're doing with the Elite, assuming Cody is going to do something with them, they can win. Cody might win back the TNT title before that time, or if they decide to take back Adam Page, Adam Page might win that title, and then they might use Revolution to say, "Hey, the Elite has all the gold." They might do that. I can I can see a scenario where that might work. And if they do that, the Elite has to be a full heel fucking team. Oh, by that point, yeah, I definitely see the Bucks and Kenny going there. I don't know if Adam Page is going heel or not, but they got to be working something there. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude the recap of AEW Full Gear. And of course, Desmond, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me on the show. I look forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely. I'll see you Friday once again for D&D. <laughs> yep. And uh, real quick, where can people uh, find your music and everything? Oh, as always, Facebook.com slash Desmond Dagenhart. That is D-E-S-M-O-N-D D-A-G-E-N-H-A-R-T. And of course, you can follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you guys check out the male soap opera moment that will feature myself and Desmond Dagenhart along with the Wens. Uh, it will be on the Boochcast Facebook page very, very soon. Also, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest Tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. We're still working on the Dark Side series here. Um, I still got to record some reviews for Dark Side of the 2000s. I'm still going to be catching up on Dark Side of the Ring. And then I got uh, two episodes that Elvis will be featured on that I need to collaborate with him on once he goes on vacation. And we're still working on Dark Side of Comedy as I'm still casting comedians and 
still researching some of the uh, episodes. So be on the lookout for all this content coming soon to the YouTube channel. And of course, you can follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November 25th for WWE Survivor Series. We're still hoping to get that out there for you guys. I'm still waiting to hear back if I'm going to be uh, at WrestleK with Buff Bagwell. Um, Obviously, if I am, I'll be on the 24th and 25th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and the team will be putting a watch party together. If I end up not going, then I will be with the team as we put together a Survivor Series watch party for you guys to check out. So stay tuned. Hopefully, it will be coming to Twitch channel. We also have our live D&D show, our Boochcast booking battle, another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels we can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We get better content than the Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold it to Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network, and unlike the Elite, we actually care about our fans. are dedicated to giving the people what they want. The option of paying through credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use to upgrade our equipment, we use to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.